Welcome to this extra podcast bit, boys. This is something new for us, and we've got Wade Graham today uh, talking about the five toughest well, rugby league plays ever come across. And uh, please join us live between 10 and 12 on Triple M or grab the podcast like this. But Wade, uh, you've, got, you, you've played a lot of rugby league, mate. You've played at the highest level, played for Australia, New South Wales. You've won a premiership. Who are the five toughest players starting at number five? This is this is really hard to, um, you know, the list could go for forever. Yeah. Um, I played with a lot of guys and it's, it's a hard game. It's a hard game. It's filled with tough men. So to, to get a list and to try and put them in order um, is very tough. So a few different factors came into what, it. What, what, yeah, what were the you, factors? Yeah, what, 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 well, what came into thinking? I must admit, on-field performance and – um, playing with injury and just got, it's all guys I've played with before and, and seen how they carry their bodies through the week, how they then transfer that into, into the game on the weekend. Um, that was the main, there is one outlier, but, and I think everyone will know <laughs> when I get to He comes early in the list. So he's not the first one, but he, he comes early in the list. So okay. We'll num- number five. Number five. Uh, my first ever captain in first grade, Petro Sivanasiva. Oh so, yeah. Speaks for itself. Um, Played at the top of his game for such a long time for Queensland, Australia, Broncos, and Penrith. Um, now, Petro, when we used to get to game day, we'd go in and he'd have his own strapper. It's oh. Individual. It, it, individual strapper. We'd get in and there'd be one guy strapping 16 blokes and one guy strapping Petro. He'd so have, that was his trust. Like, that was, that was, that was his, his, so Or that, just took that long. Just <laughs> took that long. Yeah, two ankles, two knees, two shoulders, um, everything. Arm, everything done. And his prep into a game was it took a, a long time just to get ready because he just had to strap his body back together. And But sure enough, you get out there and you get a performance for him. He'd be leading from the front every time. So Petro's in the list at number five. And maybe. sort of off the field, you couldn't get a nicer, more softly spoken champion fella. Champion, one of the best. He's doing great work for Fiji and rugby league at the moment um, with the, the, the team that they've got playing in the competition. So yeah, Petro, all out and out champion. Okay, number four. Here's the outlier. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce Gibbs. Oh, yeah. yeah Bryce yeah. Gibbs. So, firstly, I don't want to take away from his footy ability because he played in the front row, toughest position. He he was only a small front row too. So, he was always leading the line speed. He's a, l- a little bit similar to Jake Travojevic, always tackling low, really good tackle technique. Um, and, and, you know, he's one of those players you always knew that he was going to give 100% effort and you just like being on the field with him because mm. you could count on him. But Gibbo sort of got into the list because of the antics off the field. Off the field, off also. The field. <laughs> so he has, he has a quite a few um, party tricks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, give us an example. He can never, he can never, am I allowed to? Of course. Okay, he can this never, is a podcast. We can say okay. whatever we want. He can never turn down a dare. So okay. the boys used to stitch him up a bit. Oh, wind Ryan, him up. Wind him up. Him and Liam Fulton were thick as thieves and um, they'd get up to all sorts of mischief. But a couple of his party tricks would be nailing his ball sack to the table. <laughs> nailing it? Putting a nail through Ow. his, through his Ow. <laughs> do, you do, do you do that on a Mad Monday or do you, is that just no, a that's uh, Thursday, night Thursday, Thursday night? Just yeah. <laughs> and this is like, there's a few different guys who could vouch for this and Gibbo will probably vouch it for it himself. He'll probably come in and do it for you if you want. So, <laughs> so when someone goes, I'd rather hole punch my ball bag, you just go, Bryce Gibbs, oh, he's, he's done that. Well, he's done only, that. I was only young and I just, I just walk away. I, I can't handle this. So <laughs> get me back to Penrith. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's a no BS lunch type situation. It is. I've seen stuff like that happen at the yeah. lunch. Actually, worse than well, that. He, to the be thing fair. is, he would even he would do it sober. That's, that's he wouldn't mark. even have to have a few beers. He would just do it to show you. 
Oh, yeah, that's he a is mafia. mad. That's he a mafia trick. Yeah. That's, the, that's the shakedown. That's well, we've also seen him bite schooner glasses and and shatter glass. He's one. He's a he's a tough. tough. Well, if he's at number four, what that's, about number three, two, and one? They're going to have to be tough. <laughs> they are pretty tough. They're tough men. Um, number three, Anthony Tupo. Mm. Oh, yeah. So there's a difference between you know playing hurt and playing injured, and you know. 95% of the NRL throughout the season at some stage play hurt and you always cop your knocks here and there and you just sort of have to manage it and you get back out, out on the field and, and you play the next week. Not many people can play injured. Mm, and and yeah. I've seen Anthony Tupo play injured a number of times. A lot of the time he would hide it from physios and or hide it from the doctors and just, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm okay through the week. And you just sort of see him duck and weave the training week, but then he'd come out and play play the weekend. I remember one. That resilience is a massive, oh, isn't it? He didn't get injured a lot at the Roosters, but he got injured a lot at the Sharkies, yeah, didn't so he? Yeah, so he had the, the real bad one, the, the jaw, where mm. he, he copped the hip, I think, of um, Connie Harrell, and it, yeah, it was, it was like a car crash to his jaw. He had three or four plates and pins put through it. Uh, it was a 10-week injury for a jaw to come back, and, and he came back and played. But I remember a game, um, it was a semifinal, well, sudden death. He injured his ACL, well, he injured his knee. Mm. in the game and he got through the game and he hid the injury. So we advanced through the next week and then he hid the injury the whole week, played in the final. We lost. Um, we went to get scans the following week, ruptured ACL. Oh, so he played <gasps> yeah, with a ruptured ACL. Played with a ruptured ACL. Wow. Oh, so all the muscles must be so strong around it. Like you need to be able to have some stability. Like, and the, just phenomenal. the mind being but so mind strong. Just, just we had a finals game the next week. He wanted to play, felt good enough to play. Came off the bench, did his job. Unfortunately, we weren't good enough. Mm. And then, as you do at the end of the season, you go into the doctors and you get your scans and Check you work out, out, you know, what if you need to get anything done before uh, you have a break. And yeah, he had to have a full knee, recon, knee oh. reconstruction. Wow. Okay, number two. Number two, Gussie, one of your boys, Boyd Cordner. Oh, yeah. So, God, I hate to know who's number one <laughs> if, if Boyd's two. Um, so Boyd uh, first met when I was 12 years old. I was actually playing against his brother, Dane, and Boyd was in the under-10s, but he's playing in the 12, and he's beating us <laughs> back then. <laughs> so he had the, he had it from an early age, and then you know his career speaks for himself. Uh uh, unfortunate news this week that he uh, that he had to retire, but it was it was a good decision for him. He's comfortable with it. Uh, he's you know excited for the next part of his life. But Boyd was a guy who I played with uh, representative level. Um, wonderful opportunity to play with a close friend. Mm. Uh, we didn't get many opportunities to play together because we played the same position. So yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was always hard. But you know, just some of the the weeks seeing Boyd, like he'd be limping at training all week, and just you could just tell his body had been beaten up and broken throughout his career and. He'd be, you look at him as he trained through the week and you're like, he's Buckley's are playing. Like there's no chance he's playing yet. He'd drag himself up, go out there on the weekend and not just play, but lead from the front and, yeah. and do stuff that just went, well, if he's doing it, I've got to do it too. And just drag people along with him. And that, that was the, the strength of Bordeaux. And, and that's why he's so respected um, that, in the game. Is that the great thing about representative footy where you get to see how others are preparing, actually get a relationship with those blokes that you might only see on the field otherwise? Yeah. Well, obviously you have a lot of respect for players. Mm. You have relationships with players throughout your career from opposition teams. Some guys, you know, um, you know, before you play NRL, some yeah. guys like Boyd, I knew before we, we grew up, I played against his older brother all through my junior career. Dano was a good player himself. He's a bit more loose than Boyd. <laughs> <laughs> I think he, he eye gouged me one week at it. Um, <laughs> yeah, when we we're under 16. So <laughs> he's got a bit in him, but, um, he was, he, was, he was a tough player as well. And, and so I've known Boydo and his family for a long time. And the opportunity to play with someone like him, um, 
the opportunity to play with guys like Cam Smith and Billy Slater and right. Cooper Cronk in representative teams who, um, you know, was great players for such a long time, but always opposition, mm. always opposition at, um, you know, club level, origin level, but then to get to play for Australia and be able to play with these guys who, although you, you compete against and you have so many big games against, to finally be able to be in their team and to play with them guys, it's it's always a cool thing about the rep teams. Amazing. When you were playing rep footy, just quickly talking, could we do a top five on captaincy next time you come on the show? Because you've been led by some incredible players. Someone like a Boyd Cordner and a Cam Smith, are they lead by example type guys or are they the Chichillian sort of big speakers, you know, before and after matches or behind the try line? Um, they're both not big big speakers. Boyd certainly isn't a, isn't a big speaker. He's more of a lead you know, by example. Mm-hmm. Um, and so is Cam in that respect too. Cam probably has a, has a, you know, a bit more of a say on, on how the team's going to get around the park. Obviously he touches the ball first every time. Yeah. Um, and he'd done so much in the game. He sort of just told you where you wanted to be, um, when to get there, what to do after that hit. So he was just a real good guy. Boydo is just lead by example. Follow me. He wouldn't yeah. say too much when he did say something, it was to the point. Um, and you sort of just fell in behind him, but, is all different leadership styles, and, and they do have a lot of similar traits, those two guys, but there are differences as well. Sure. Um, well, number one, number i got one. a feeling we know number, this bloke yeah. was pretty tough during the week. <laughs> yeah, I can't go past my mate, Paul Gallen. <laughs> wow. Captain of Cronulla. Um, you know, in my opinion, the greatest ever Cronulla shark. Um, E.T. E. just drove off the road. E.T. Well, mate, <laughs> and to be honest, there's a, there's a lot of great players that, that played for the Sharks. You know, E.T., Gavin Miller. Oh, um, Pe- Steve, Steve Rogers. Peachy. So I can only talk about my experience and, and my opinion and to captain the team to the first ever premierships, you know, sort of kicks him ahead of yeah. of anyone else. Um, but Gia's toughness just comes from his desire just to win one-on-one battles. He just takes every battle personal. Yeah. Like when he went out in the field, it's a team sport. You got 17 or oh, 16 other blokes helping you out, but he just took it into a one-on-one battle with the bloke opposite him who was wearing the number that he was wearing and, he just raised an effort every time when it, when he needed it, just raised an effort. And I think, you know, anyone can put in a big effort once, you know, anyone can put in a big effort, you know, twice, three times for a season, for two seasons to do it for 20 years in multiple sports. <laughs> and then like the other night, it's just a pain a per- threshold though. He's just able to just wear it no, there, and just grit it. There and wasn't a on. game where we wouldn't come off where he wouldn't have blood coming off his face, stitches, his head taped up, you know. <laughs> He's just, and then he'll do it again the next yeah. week and again and again. And then I, you look the other night in the boxing fight, it's just a perfect example of Gow. Like he jumps in with a guy who's half his age, clearly a sharper, better fighter than him, but he just wants to battle. He just wants the effort. He wants to. Took he, those body shots yeah. and just was like, okay, right, I'm going to keep fighting. He just keeps through, going. So. And <laughs> like, you see, he'd be like 2016, we'd be in, in the doing sprints and we'd have like 10 minute races and he'd want to race Benny Barber just for the. <laughs> like, you're not going to win Gow, but he just wants the competition. He wants the competition. Right. He, th- he thrives in that one-on-one battle and he raises the effort every time. He, ha- he always has the effort. Even if he doesn't get the result, the effort will always be there. So he, it's a good he, top five. Yeah. Oh, it's a super top five. And just talking about Gow quickly before we wrap it up, um, in terms of the hatred that he that Queenslanders have for him, that's what I loved about <laughs> him as a, as a blue getting behind him as captain of our team was the fact that he made them hate him so much because he loved playing for us so much. Well, it's 100%. And you look at that period that Gal, you know, had to, he captained the side for, for so many years. That, that, that team Queensland had, oh. you know, it's phenomenal. I don't know yeah. if you will ever see a team 
like that again. When Absolutely stacked. Maybe, stacked. maybe this Blues team might possibly, be the team. It, it looks like it's Scott, but of course you've got to got the longevity of nearly a decade. But in all those series, there was, there was only one whitewash, I think. There yeah. was... Every game went, there was only a couple of blowouts. Um, you know, most games went down to the wire. And New South Wales stayed in the fight a lot of the time because Gow, yeah, guys yeah. like Gow, was, up for, the fight, wasn't which it was yeah. up for the fight and was up to put the effort in, even if you were a bit outclassed and, um, you know, maybe not to, supposed to win, sheer effort would put you into the game and, and give you an opportunity. And, you know, a lot of the time, well, majority of the time, the, the class got there in the end, mm. but they had to work for it. And, like, Gow kept raising raising the effort, raising the effort, and blokes came in and obviously had massive efforts around him. But he he, he wore the brunt of it for the for the 10 years. So That's brilliant. You can't, you know, you might not have the results there, but you, you can't help but respect everything he did. Yeah, the effort. Well, thanks, Wade. That's brilliant. That's your top five toughest players. Uh, once Wendell has another week off, we'll do your uh, your top five leaders because, as, as we said before, you've had some wonderful leaders. So that is just a little snippet, a little podcast extra. Please join us on the Dead Set Legends on Sydney. It's 104.9 every Saturday morning between 10 and 12. It's a sports entertainment program, talking sport, talking results, but also having a lot of fun as well, Jude. And just watch out for Bryce Gibbs' party tricks. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm still getting over that. <laughs> Nailing it to, yeah, the table. Right, the table. Okay. <laughs>